You're listening to the Havoc Story Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Magnus Carlsen, and this is episode 25, The Recycling Room by Lisa Godfries. As we progress into the winter months in the Northern Hemisphere, I want to take you to a warmer, sunnier place for a few minutes. I want you to imagine yourself outdoors, in a meadow, in the gentle sun of a June day. Close your eyes and listen. If you're lucky, you might hear the faint sound of the main characters of this story. The sound is gentle, but persistent, and you need to stand very still. I don't hear anything, but that's all right, because here to reveal the mysteries of nature is author Lisa Godfreys, Havoc's own operations leader, and like her spirit animal the jackalope, this story will not end up where you think we set out to go. And the further down the rabbit hole we go, the more you'll discover that sometimes the smallest sounds can speak the loudest, if only we listen closely enough. See, that's where those big old jackalope ears come in so handy. Please enjoy The Recycling Room by Lisa Godfreys. Recycle in five. Tension claws at my shoulders, no matter how often I've done this. Four times a day, five days a week for 16 years, But who's counting? I can't get used to it. I wouldn't want to. Four. Bodies pound on metal. Clang, clang. Then harder. Clang, clang. Then faster. Clang, clang, clang. Three. Feeble cries for mercy rattled through my skull. Help us, please. Two. The hiss of gas. As it crescendos, the buzz subsides. One. And their convulsions begin. Then, silence. I can almost breathe. Until... The hair on my body, what's left of it, threatens to jump off my skin as the gas ignites. I feel the warmth on my back. Without realizing it, I've turned away from the recycling room, like I used to in the early days. Back when I had to worry about the intense blue light that filtered through the cracks in the outer containment doors. Back when I could still see. Recycling complete. I wait for the chime signaling the recycling room is cool enough to enter. My fingers find the correct button, top right, second row, third in, and release the doors so the reclaimers can enter. The shoe covers they're required to wear swish across the floor as they go to collect the recycled material. As if euphemisms make what we do more palatable. From the opposite direction, the staccato taps of uncovered shoes approach. Recycler, a deep voice says, with the crisp inflection of a man used to giving orders. 
Was that the last run of the day? The last run of the morning? I turned my head in the direction of the voice. There will be two more this afternoon. I see. A heavy sigh. I wonder if you'd join us for lunch. Like I have a choice. I followed the tap-tapping footsteps. Two people, by the way the sound rebounds off the walls, and one of them a woman in heels, past the break room and into the elevator. We ascend to the top floor. Ding. I trail my hand along the textured wall. Left turn, left turn, second doorway, until we enter what must be a conference room. The aroma of leather and furniture polish greets us, the smell of money and power. Have a seat, Jacob. I grope until my fingers find supple leather, then pull the chair from the table and slide into its coffin-like grip. High heels tap away and return, bringing the scent of roasted meat, potatoes, and perfume. My stomach clenches. Clinking of silverware on plates. Real, not disposable. Chewing. Swallowing. Sips of beverage. A glass returned to the table. Then silence. Aren't you hungry? The woman's voice is velvet. Alto enough to have age, but still strong in timber. I imagine the hunk of turgid flesh on my plate. The faint red of weeping juice from what once lived and breathed. Not really. They shift in their seats, place silverware on plates. The chair to my left groans as the man leans back. Another heavy sigh. I understand you have some concerns about what we do here. A statement, not a question. Why bring it up now, years later? Doesn't keep me from doing my job. No. The word is long, drawn out. But we've had complaints from the people you work with, especially the new hires you've trained. I almost smile. Clearly I've hit a nerve. The young still have a conscience after all, despite the company's propaganda that recycling is necessary and humane. We'd like to hear your concerns directly. A waft of perfume as she shifts in her chair. To make sure we understand. I consider how to start. How to convey to these decision-makers the wrongness of their actions. A chance I've been waiting for since the pleas for help began buzzing in my mind. There was once a man in the 20th century named Adolf Hitler, I begin. He rounded up the old, the infirm, people with different beliefs and put them in recycling chambers. You've got to be kidding. The man's voice is sharp. That's hardly what we do here. You're right. Heat burns in my chest, intense as the incinerator. This company is so much worse than Nazi Germany because you breed them first. You make them work for you until they are too old to be of use, and then you recycle them. The woman makes a sound, almost a squawk. You can't be serious. How could you work here if you feel this way? As penance. Penance? For what? Jacob, 
The woman interrupts her colleague. You realize we're talking about bees, not people, right? Anthophilia Incorporated was created to save the species, not eradicate it. Our company breeds bees to protect them. We allow them to pollinate flowers and crops so that both our species can survive. That's what you want everyone to believe, but really you use them for their honey, which you sell for a profit, and then you incinerate them and recycle them for feed. Bees are an excellent source of protein. Third world, you think you're the master race. Well, Missy, I grew up on a farm. I know the score. The slaughtering of innocent animals. The widespread use of pesticides by the negligent, threatening hundreds of species with extinction. Jacob, the man says, I'm very sorry, but we can't allow you to work here anymore. You can't fire me, I stand, and my chair crashes into the wall behind me. Your evil blue beam blinded me. The recycling room light isn't capable of blind. Give me a colony, I blurt. Stunned silence. Give me a colony to tend and I won't sue you. And that is how I became Jacob the Beekeeper. I approach the beehives I've erected in a clearing near the tree line at my old farmstead. Bee voices buzz in my mind as my new charges settle on my sleeves and face. Thank you, Jacob. You saved us. You've been listening to The Recycling Room by Lisa Godfries. We appreciate your support for the podcast by listening and subscribing on your favorite podcatcher or by following at Havoc Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. For more stories by today's author and many others, visit Havoc online at gohavoc.com. Unlimited access to over 500 short stories is only $5 a year. Or subscribe with Patreon for exclusive giveaways, early access, and other supporter rewards. As always, thanks for listening to the Havoc Story Podcast, and we'll see you next time. This is Havoc.